Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, while I have you here, please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. Hey, this is Trevor from Halifax calling in to say that I support Creative Control on Patreon because I think long-form arts journalism is a crucial part of music culture and there's simply not enough of it out there today. Vish is a master interviewer, he lands great guests, and he has his finger on the pulse of the ever-changing music landscape both here in Canada and abroad. For all of these reasons and many more, I think you should support Creative Control on Patreon too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. I'm Visha's wife, and I will love him no matter what you do. And now he has me on the record saying that. Callie McMichael is a multi-talented musician, songwriter, singer, and producer currently based in St. John's, Newfoundland. Originally from Peterborough, Ontario, McMichael turned heads in music communities in Guelph and Toronto, both in her own pursuits, like Rouge and Renders, and as a collaborator with the likes of Sarah Harmer, The Burning Hell, and Gentleman Reg. On May 21st, 2021, McMichael released her excellent debut album, Waves, which was subsequently selected as one of 10 Canadian records to be nominated for the 2022 Polaris Music Prize, which will be awarded on September 19th. Kelly and I connected recently for an extensive talk about her musical trajectory and how experiences in various cities she's lived in inform her work now, her formal music studies at the University of Guelph, and making music with the computer. The long road to establishing herself as a solo artist and winning acclaim for Waves, working with producer Jake Nickel and making this album during the pandemic, Land of Talk and Elizabeth Powell's 
quiet influence over a generation of musicians, Beyonce and horse album art, tour dates, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control where you can access extra content from this show and my interview archives and also hear new episodes early with additional support from Blackbird Music, a well-stocked record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, friendly staff who will happily help you find anything you need say you want to order the album waves by kelly mcmichael and you know you don't know where to go well you go to blackbird.ca and you talk to them at the record stores and they will help you out they'll find it for you plus in-kind support from pizza trocadero the bookshelf and planet bean coffee in guelph ontario and granddad's donuts in hamilton ontario this is episode 709 of creative control featuring the thoughtful fun and talented kelly mcmichael with your host me Vish Khanna. Hi, Kelly. How you doing? Hello. I'm all right. How are you? Uh, I'm also all right. Where in the world are you today? <laughs> I am in St. John's, Newfoundland. Oh, St. John's. I miss it so. Do you remember when I used to... How long have you been there again? I can't remember. Because you, we knew each other in Guelph times, right? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's going back going back to like 2000 we probably met in 2007 or something like that maybe sounds about right yeah that's is that when you got there that's when i like started playing music in guelph okay yeah, and like going to kazoo shows and stuff like that right yeah. which was a lo- for those listening kazoo is like a local uh concert promotion entity collective really actually um uh and they just did their final kazoo fest uh, in uh, what month was it? In uh, July, I want to say it was. Yeah, I forget. I so. were, you, were you? You were there for that, weren't you? No, I wasn't at Kazoo Fest. Um, okay, this past year, Sappy no. Fest. I, I was at Sappy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I connect a lot of these are some of my favorite festivals. So sorry if I conflated the two. Anyway, so that's when you started playing music in Guelph, and that's probably I was also active in the music community uh, then and. Uh, up until I left the the city, really. Uh, when did you get to Guelph? I was going to university there between, I think, 2004 and 2008-ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 2005, 2009, Okay, maybe. Okay. Yeah. What was your course of study, though? I was actually majoring in studio art ah. or, or fine, fine art, yeah, doing painting and... Um, extended media they called it uh but that was sort of like conceptual art and and beyond i see um, which was really really fun yeah and i minored in psychology but i actually ended up just graduating with a general arts degree i didn't finish the mm-hmm. the honors degree um i got pretty distracted with music stuff <laughs> well it seems to have so. worked out for you if i may say uh distracted by music stuff so you're uh you're in fine art when did you get into music as a young person? And I assume, I assume, I can only assume, you're doing the fine art 
for school music is in the mix in there too even like as you're doing that degree is that right yeah yeah I did a few music courses I had a hard time like I always played music I did I guess I started with piano lessons uh at like a really young age and then I had a hard time like applying my love for music to like a classroom setting um I think I ended up doing creating a creating music on the computer course which was sort of got me into figuring out how to do my own recording which was a lot more I didn't realize how beneficial <laughs> that was going to be for me at the time I was kind of like hmm. what does that mean creating music on the computer um, <laughs> but now I'm like geez I'm really glad I <laughs> my mom like was like you should probably take that course <laughs> and, was that uh, at the was that practical course at the University of Guelph in their music yeah, program or yeah wow. we, we did I think we used Cubase was the yeah. program that we learned um which I don't really use anymore but you know it's still still useful skills to apply to whatever program you're using and getting in yeah learning how to use MIDI programming and uh yeah that was cool and what did I do? I actually did a vocal, uh, a classical vocal course as well to get some tips on, uh, you know, warming up and expanding my, my range and stuff like that. But yeah, like I, I just wanted to play, you know, rock and pop music and write songs. And there isn't really like a, a, a way to major in, in music in that kind of way, or at least I didn't really find find it not, so, at the, um, not at the university level i would i mean not sorry not in that sorry i just want to say i went to that school uh for uh, my undergrad and I, I stayed stuck around for a master's both in the realms of english i turned uh my my um undergrad thesis was on the pervasiveness of hip-hop culture uh-huh. in the english like that was my english uh master's thesis and then the major work uh for the uh Sorry, the undergrad thesis was on the hip-hop thing. Then my master's thesis, although they didn't call it that, it was more like a research paper because, I don't know, anyway, it's not very interesting. But you can either do a thesis or just like a big paper. And I didn't really understand the total difference between the two, but that was also about music. It was about the history of uh, the music industry as told through the Bob Dylan album Love and Theft. Anyway, (laughs) so I just turned, uh, but while I was there, I took music courses but I did not, and but they were like music, jazz, like the history of jazz and music and pop culture and whatever. I did not know that that university provided courses to the like that delved into music making to that extent. You kind of, if you were in that wing of the building, you kind of heard music being played. All I'm getting at is Kelly, you're making me regret that I didn't. <laughs> I didn't take some classes that probably would have helped me too as a musician, uh, as a wannabe musician, really. Um, so that's cool that you did that. I just want to say that's pretty cool. Was it a good program overall? Um, I, I didn't really know what I was getting into when I took it. Like my like I said, my mom was like, you should take this course. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I don't like computers and music don't go together in my in my brain. I was resistant to that idea. But then it was oh, just like the, yeah. the title of the course kind of threw me off. But it was actually, you know, it was like learning how to record use. <laughs> use software to record um i guess rather than it wasn't a recording analog to tape course it was through using a computer but yeah. anyway that's fine 
So it ended up being really handy in the end. Um, and I, you know, have done a lot of my own recording since. But I think like, I don't know, I guess the university experience was like they say, it's like more more about who you meet and who you connect with and the culture that you're exposed to and not necessarily the courses that you're taking. Like I do remember meeting some interesting people in that course and yeah. And then definitely just participating in the Guelph music scene was like, I think that like raised me in a lot, like my, my music, uh, yeah, raised my, my music participation or raised me in in my own. I don't know. You know what you know what I I'm think. I know. Say. I think I know. It, 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 it empowered you. It informed you in terms of like what yeah. you could do. I gather that you know this is maybe getting into uh, uh, the ends justify the means territory because my I talk about this on the show with people all the time. I talk to lots of musicians who say I was forced to take piano lessons. I hated it. I hated taking piano lessons. However. Now that I'm an adult, I realize it paid off. My son, I, I talk about it because my son goes through these swings where they dislike the piano lessons so much, but then every once in a while they're like, Papa, look what I can do. Like they're proud of the fact that they can play the way they can play. And I've always said, you know, they're in French immersion as well. So there, there's a lot of stuff that they've maybe maybe i don't know if it's more than most kids but there's a lot of like stimulating of the brain and work that has to be done that's a bit extra but i've tried to convey to them that piano music is a language it's a communication tool if you know how to communicate via music you can be in a room with other musicians never say a word communicate you play with it and that has registered so i bring this up because i wonder did you have the experience of like Oh, I hate these piano lessons so much. I don't want to do it. Mom, why'd you make me take this Cubase course? I hate it. And then <laughs> now you're like, oh, this is all paid up. Are, are you in that zone at all? Or did you love piano uh, the whole time? I, yeah, I would say for the, for the Cubase course, um, <laughs> yes. For, for piano lessons, I actually was super lucky. Like I had a piano teacher who was very flexible with me and like willing to do it my way and like, work with what I wanted to do which was like I I clearly really loved playing and had a great ear but I didn't really want to spend time on reading working on the the reading notes um, the work and and yeah like I was really bad at reading <laughs> that's, reading music that's what I encounter with my son doesn't really want to put the yeah. practice in and the work and so then yeah then in my case sorry it's just like this is a work ethic thing as much as it is you don't like I, I like I say they like it. I think they like it and are proud of it, but they don't they're not seeing how the ends justify the means yet. It's just like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I got to practice every day. What the mm-hmm. oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. So you you had a bit of that it sounds like?" Yeah, I mean, I just struggled with like, yeah, like trying to read, trying to read stuff. I just wanted to use my ear and not yes. have to yeah. look read make sense of these notation <laughs> things that didn't they just seemed like not connected to music in in my brain so making that yeah. connection was really difficult but yeah. um she was like yeah sister mary she was a, a nun actually <laughs> wow. um was really like yeah she, she was really flexible luckily and and yeah let me uh i i remember at one point being like i only wanted to learn songs in minor keys 
as like an eight-year-old. I don't know why. That's you were what very, I wanted. You were a sad <laughs> country song loving eight-year-old. Maybe is that what happened? Not not country. No, but I just yeah. I don't know. I just I just liked minor keys. So, but she would find songs in minor keys for me. Oh, okay, and. Um, and then when I wanted to learn Sarah McLaughlin, she <laughs> yeah. found Sarah McLaughlin sheet music for me. So yeah. I just had a, I guess I had a, a good piano teacher that kept, uh, she, she did push some of the reading theory stuff. And I actually did later on, I, I realized that I could have had more theory. Like I think she mm. avoided the theory because I was so resistant to reading music. But later on when I was like trying to play, communicate with other people about chords and, and this and that and learning like, the one and the four and the five, like I was like, okay, I, it would have been good to have some, some yeah. theory. Yep. Um, anyway, so I caught up with that later, but, right. Uh, right. I see. So you mentioned Sarah McLaughlin there and you chuckled a little bit, <laughs> but I, I'm curious about the other part of the equation here is what spurs someone like yourself to actually start thinking they can learn music and thinking they want to pursue music um, in that regard do you remember? Was it just your mother again, or your your parents, uh, if you will, saying, "We think this will be good for you"? Or did you say, "I really, as a child, I really want to. I like music. I like these artists. I want to figure out how they're doing what they're doing. Can I take music lessons?" Was it your own self propulsion, or was it some sort of external, like, "Yeah, you should probably do this." I think I just like took to apparently they ha- had like this little toy piano thing that I just was like banging out songs like apparently at, at you know at like four I was like playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and they were like how how did she wow, do that? Wow like, that's she's, great. She's really like in, into this we better put her in lessons. So I think I just liked it like I, I really did just play piano like every day. On your own and of your, on my own of your own volition. Wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just luckily had had that, but I didn't. I didn't. I just liked to play and I loved music, but I didn't really do a lot of. I didn't really sing in front of anyone until I was like sixteen, maybe. Um, and I didn't think. I thought I was actually maybe going to be like an accompanist or like yeah, play piano and sing backup for other people and I liked like arranging and writing stuff but I didn't think I was going to be like a rock and roll lead singer person like I apparently am now so it still sort of surprises me sometimes (laughs) it's an interesting observation because if I think back on my experience seeing you play uh, often it was as an accompaniment, accompanying, ac- accompanying someone. That's a hard word to say. Yeah. Accompanist. Accompanist? I don't even know how to say it. Accompanist? Accompanist? I can't, we're making up words right now. But anyway, <laughs> I remember, I have a distinct memories of seeing you at Sappy Fest playing with, uh, our friend Reg Vermeule. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And then in Guelph, were you in bands of your own or were you supporting others? I'm trying to think on that. That's where I'm blanking. Um, yeah, Guelph was sort of like when I started, I had a band called Rouge. Yes, of course. Jess Tollefson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, I was um, too shy to be like a lead person, but Jess kind of helped encourage me to like co-front a band with her. Um, I wouldn't do any of the banter. I was too nervous to talk to <laughs> the audience. Mm. But yeah, uh, somehow, and then yeah, I played with Reg and like somehow over the years... Um, Got got a knack for 
performing as the uh, front person. I was always like writing my own my own stuff. I just didn't really perform it or uh, yeah didn't get my own thing going without someone else kind of like holding my hand for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's possible because of the pandemic and now geography that the last time I saw you perform as yourself was maybe in uh, at Lanya Vanya in St. John's, Newfoundland. I want to say it was at the Rock House. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I, I might have emceed. Um, I, I think you did. I think it was probably 2014. Yeah. So, so some time ago, and that uh, was that around the time you f- were establishing yourself more in this role you're describing as a leader. Yeah, yeah, I think that was like I I moved away from I was d- doing the Rouge thing in and the Gentleman Reg thing in Toronto, and then that was when I moved to uh, St. John's. I was like ready to ready to leave Toronto and. So I guess doing that moving away gave me a chance to pursue my own, like put my own band together for the first time and do my, just my songs. Yeah. So that was like pretty early on in me. me pretty me early on. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I, if I think on it, I was a bit surprised because I just didn't know you as a, a, a lead, like as your own thing, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I remember liking it. It was cool. And I also... And like if I think on it now, uh, you are in a. I'm trying to get you a sense of this because it sounds like you were nervous in Guelph, <laughs> but acknowledge that it was a pretty supportive community of music and creative people. Is that how you felt? Yeah, or it was you- such a great music scene. Like I still think about it. Maybe just because I bumped. Maybe because Kazoo had their last uh, festival, and my friend Claire Whitehead just moved back to. Guelph so I've been hearing about Guelph stuff through her like it's been so long since I left Guelph but lately Guelph has just been coming up I also bumped into uh Brad and Dave from Kazoo at Sappy Fest so I don't know anyway oh, right. Guelph's and then yeah. I know you from Guelph so Guelph's just been like on my mind a lot of Guelph lately <laughs> yeah and like it was such a great music scene though like I feel like we didn't know how good we had it I mean we did we, I think we did know it was a good music scene at the time but I just I mean I love it here in St. John's too that's why I live here I love the music scene here but that's kind of what I was that's what I was getting at though because you were also in Toronto which has a rich music scene but it can get a little fractured Um, did you feel as connected in that city with people I mean Reg obviously uh, being in with in Reg's band would have probably um, helped you and probably helped you make connections and 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 whatnot but did you feel as part of something in toronto as you have in as, as you did in guelph but by the way i want to get to st john's in a minute i'm just trying to do some esta- <laughs> sure. just establish establish where you've been a little bit but was toronto mm. uh good for you as a musician um i mean certainly i think being exposed to different scenes and obviously being in the big city like the biggest city biggest music mecca in the country is you know that can't be a bad that's that's a good thing to to experience that and to see what's going on there i think sometimes it gets like it's like overstimulating because there's so much going on and um maybe sometimes it was making me sort of lose focus like you're getting pulled in all these different directions people are like hey do this thing play with me do that blah 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 and i wasn't really focusing on my own music i was playing a lot with other 
people and and then sometimes being like do I want it like is this what I want to be doing or can I find like a more uh, rewarding creative outlet for myself and then there's like there's kind of weird politics of of just like big city yep. who's who's cool politics yep. that um kind of was yeah bugging me a bit like um it's weird it's either it's either quite welcoming or completely insular i mean i guess it can depend on which scene you have decided is cool (laughs) and want to be a part of and which one you are a part of and that can be that's like a sorry i'm not this isn't on you but this is how kind of coolness and credibility in music scenes happens. It's a b- bizarre thing because it's just kind of random, mm-hmm. um, I think. Has that been your experience? Yeah, I have been confused many times <laughs> around like being like, I certainly was not cool in high school or in university, but I did notice that I started to get cool credit all of a sudden, like probably when I was playing with Rouge. It was like, oh, I guess like, I'm getting some cool credit. Like people yeah. in the scene are suddenly paying attention to me. They're like, what do you think, Kelly? And I'm like, oh my God, that's never happened to me before. I usually just blend into the background. <laughs> um, and like, and then, yeah, maybe, maybe it was like, oh, okay. I was like kind of getting cool, whatever that means. It seemed like at the end of my time in Guelph and then moving to Toronto, it was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not cool again. <laughs> Definitely not cool in Toronto. By the way, Uh, not regarded as cool. We all know you're cool. (laughs) It's just hard to permeate the coolness, like the coolness force field that such things exist. I'll put it that way. Um, Mm -hmm. I have relatively limited experience in St. John's uh, in that I have only been there during a music festival uh, for like a four or five days of a music festival. Uh, but my read on it is that there's politics there too, but that it is very uh, welcoming and friendly uh, and people really galvanize and support one another. Uh, am I wrong on that or does that capture it from your perspective? Yeah, it's a very open, supportive um, community and and very friendly. And I think people are... are um yeah, the way they enjoy music is sort of coming from a different place, um, or they appreciate it sort of in a different way. Now, sometimes I like I miss the um, intense, crazy, wild stuff that would happen in Toronto that you won't see here because it's a smaller community and people are maybe like a little bit worried that they're relatives are in the audience or something so like in a big city you're gonna get people taking crazy risks uh on stage and doing wild things aesthetically it's different is what you mean like people will just be like an allowed ferocious band or something like that and in st john's it might be less so um i think some of yeah like the maybe the like um bold uh racier maybe like expression of sexuality is maybe different there's no hidden cameras coming out of st john's probably or something like that that's a horrible uh, maybe that's a bad comparison but i think it's a little more 
mindful of manners and not trying to alienate people, maybe? Is that it? Like, not putting it all out front like that in your face? Um... Yeah, I don't know. I've 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 wondered and like yeah, I don't want to seem like uh 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 you know, critical or like uh limiting of of what maybe has happened that I just haven't yeah. seen. But like for me, I think I think I've talked to like some of my friends about um they they wouldn't, you know, say like take their tops off on stage cuz they just haven't really <laughs> Sure, yeah, yeah. They're not they're not comfortable with that kind of thing. Yeah. But like I was with friends with people in Toronto that would do that that kind of thing in right. in Toronto. And I'm not sure what I think um I guess like being further away from your your like family and your Oh, there's also like Newfoundland has kind of like a Catholic more 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 um more of a Catholic, re- more recent history, I guess, or I like see. relationship to some of the some of the religious stuff, and so I don't know. Maybe anyway. Now I feel like I'm I'm speaking to something that maybe I, I shouldn't be. Uh... Well, I, all I'm getting, <laughs> all I'll say to this is I've been there. I've staged a comedy talk show there uh, frequently, and I it's some of the warmest reception to humor, and in some cases. Just boundary pushing stuff, like just whatever we want us to talk about. Sometimes it backfired, but that's on me. If I wasn't funny, I would hear about that too, or my guests weren't being funny. We would hear about it. But no, I, my experience again is very limited to a very, um, wild music festival, um, Lanya Vanya, like very intense in lots of ways. Kind of maybe where I'm coming from is I feel like it was bringing aspects, um, to St. John's uh, from across the country and the world, actually, with some of the booking. That, to your point, it just might not be what's normally there, um, and maybe it's different. But I always thought it was welcomed. I felt welcomed for sure, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and free. And no one was like, "Hey, don't talk about." I often would say, "What's when I got to town? Like, what's going on? What are people upset about?" It was often like, "Well, this government got elected, or now there's a fisheries thing that's happened, and everyone's depressed and." So you try to talk about those things uh, in a reasonable way, but not like a jerk. The one year I was a bit of a jerk. The last year I was there, I was sick and I was a jerk and I haven't been back and I feel bad. But other than that, oh. other than that, so you and me both, Kelly, we're both just, uh, we're going to we're gonna be persona non grata in St. John's. No, it seems like a wonderful place. Um, and it's curious to me. I don't know that. Did you have a band in St. John's? Because we talked about some of your other work in Rouge. It doesn't sound like you would have had the gumption quite yet in St. John's. Is that fair? When I first, well, okay. So to expand on, yeah, I guess what I was getting at. I I don't mean like people aren't receptive to that kind of thing. They they love it. Like they're completely receptive. It's yeah. just they don't. I don't think they feel as free <laughs> yes. to do it themselves to like yeah. take their tops off on stage. But like. When I've taken my top up on stage, they love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I don't know how to... I can't really speak to that speaking point myself with any level of uh, comfort, but I appreciate that that's the case. I, I'm not going to make... See, if we were in St. John's but, right now and this happened on the talk show, I'd probably make an off-color <laughs> remark, but I don't actually feel comfortable in Alberta making an off-color remark. No, I see. I know what you're saying. It's, it's, uh, it's not that but, stayed... They seem eager for wildness. To be honest, like the show, oh, yeah. every concert I went to, people went bonkers. They seemed excited. Yeah. 
that things from away were there because it, yeah. I assume it's special every time a band comes to town because it doesn't happen as regularly as it might in mm-hmm. Toronto or wherever, or Guelph. Mm-hmm. So sorry. Mm-hmm. We love St. John's. It knows what yeah. it's doing. Good people. I agree with you. I have not had a bad experience there. Um, I want to talk about Waves because, first of all, congratulations. You've won, you've won, a, was it an East, East Coast Music Award? Is that what you've won thus far? Yeah, uh, that was Best Rock Album. Yeah. What do you make? Who are you? Okay, let's just get it out there. Who are you up against? Who are you surprised you beat? <laughs> uh, you know what? I actually wasn't familiar with a lot of the artists. Oh, okay. Um, I can't even really remember who else was in the category right now, but um, my brain's very um, full and you know what? Mu- mushy Let's, these days. Congratulations, nonetheless. <laughs> I just am curious because were you surprised? Were you surprised with the victory? Yeah, I was surprised. I had a clue to... I thought maybe I was going to win an award because they did ask me to perform at the award oh, right. ceremony. And I don't know if that's, you know... Sometimes that's a, a tip tip to whatever. Maybe Look at you, seasoned music industry vet. Oh, <laughs> I know what they're doing by asking me to perform. That's funny. No, that's great. And then you've got this uh, Polaris Music Prize nomination as well, a shortlist nomination, which is uh, pretty much, other than winning... That's the best you can do. Congratulations on that as well. Did that surprise Thank you? Thank you. Yes, that definitely surprised me. I'm probably the least known artist on the short list there. Uh, it was an independent release that I put out myself and, you know, based in St. John's, you don't always make it to be considered and uh, up against... Uh, you know, the people that have been around in the big leagues for a while, Arcade Fire and The Weeknd were on the, on the long list too. Right. So like yeah. seeing my name on the like top 40 next, you know, in, on a list with them was like pretty wild. So when I found out about the long list, I was, um, shocked and I didn't, yeah, I did not expect that and I did not expect to make the short list. Um, so I'm kind of still still in shock about it, honestly. <laughs> well, it's well-deserved, if I might say. Um, I We have been going to the beach, uh, the beaches, rather, not the beach. We've been going to a few beaches in the minivan, the family and I, uh, whenever the weather and the time permits, and a couple of vacation things as well. We went to Drumheller to look at all the dinosaurs. Anyway, your record gets requested in the car. It's been a car favorite. My wife loves uh-huh. it. Kids like it. I can't tell if they love anything anymore, so I undersold that. I'm sorry. But my wife really loves it. <laughs> I think the kids like it. They, they, My son thought it reminded him, them, of something, and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. All this to say, great driving record uh, is what I've learned. I often reach for it. I did it last nice. weekend when we went when we were coming back from the beach. I put it on. My point is, uh, I don't even know what my point is. Congratulations. It's great. Let's, for the benefit of those listening, can we talk a little bit about its conception, um, how it was made, and then I want to get into some of the lyrical themes, because I find them very interesting from my vantage point. I see, and uh, I'll save this part for later, Uh, what I was going to get to is the conception. How was this made? Where was it made? Who did you work with? Okay, um, so I had a lot of songs lying around, and um, I had been working on an electronic project called Renders, 
Um, so I, I had I had my rock band that you saw that we talked about. Yeah. It probably started in 2013, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when I moved to St. John's. That did that for a bit. Then I decided to do this electronic thing, solo thing called Renders. And yeah, I, I'd put out an EP with my rock band. I'd put out an EP with Renders, the electronic project. Nothing was really getting a lot of traction. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll be a producer. I don't know. It's not really working out for me to like push my own. Mm band but I really want to do something music related and I sort of ended up like I don't know I was playing cover in cover bands I was like I just want to play music so I'll do whatever I can take I was playing in other people's bands ended up recording with my friend Joanna Barker I was playing in her band and I asked her if I could produce her record because I just really I'd never produced for somebody else before and I really wanted to try to do that we recorded with Jake Nickel. Uh, so he has a studio downtown St. John's. Um, he's a great musician, drummer, uh, multi-instrumentalist, songwriter. Jake and I hit it off working together really well. Uh, and Joanna is a good grant writer. And she was like, you should make an album with Jake. I'll help you write a grant. Nice. And so she got a grant. I'd never really had much money to work with um, and don't really have the grant writing skills. Don't have the band leadership skills or or whatever or you know didn't have a big strong drive to like carry <laughs> carry all that sure enough that's so fair. i understand i get where you're coming from yeah. so with a little encouragement i and i had started performing more and kind of was like starting to get some traction in the community people were like enjoying hearing me play and i, I was getting more gigs and got a band together that i really loved everyone it was just like a really nice combination with uh yeah sarah harris jake nickel uh maria petal and i and we recorded this album um jake has like a super cool very diy small studio with um a lot of retro gear um things that he finds and sort of i call him like an inventor he's kind of like a leonardo da vinci type like he's like taking stuff apart and putting them back together and fusing them to develop like new bizarre recording techniques that i don't understand Um, a lot of old analog gear and like recording to tape and using tape effects like chorus and um saturation and delay carbon delay stuff like that yeah i don't really understand um, some of it we should say a couple of things one um you compare him to da vinci he's also very handsome (laughs) he's handsome so i would say he's also like leonardo dicaprio uh, oh, <laughs> just want to throw that in there. Just a little I'll pass that salute on to, to Jake. Jake. Band, uh, and, band practice tonight. And I will also say Jake's name and what you're describing about Jake. All of this kind of came up recently when I had um, Ariel and Matthias of the Burning Hell on the show. Uh, so those who heard that episode, maybe that's where this is calling back to uh, whether Kelly means it or not. Jake's um, proclivity for invention. And I think he's got like a solar powered studio or something it's all very i gotta get jake on the show is where i'm coming from he sounds i've mm-hmm. i know jake i've talked to jake many times but i don't think we've had a formal uh interview and maybe we did do one actually anyway sorry this is all in my head i just want to say jake's something of a weirdo genius and yeah and very handsome totally. so uh <laughs> i just want to cover all those bases sorry to interrupt you kelly what were you going to say about uh beyond what you were just saying 
Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, so Jake's lovely to work with. Um, I think we we knew we had a good working relationship from working on that other album together, and then everything just went totally beautifully, smoothly, well. The band just seemed to click really well. Um, I had these songs lying around that a lot of them uh, I had played with, with a band before. I had some, like, demos, a lot of demos that I had made myself, so... Anyway, getting this the right band together to play those, it was I feel like we we tracked it all and captured the songs fairly easily. Like it was kind of like a, a nice good flowing process, great vibes. And then I got asked to go on tour with Sarah Harmer and uh so we put that on pause for a bit, um, finishing up the record. It was mostly tracked, and then the pandemic happened. And Jake actually, Jake and I were both stranded in Ontario. I was on tour with Sarah Harmer. He was on tour at the Burning Hell. We both ended up like moving back to our parents' places temporarily, like because we were just you know away on tour. Oh, are, he was. Are in your kitchen. parents in Ontario? I just assumed they're in. My parents li- live in uh, Peterborough. Yeah, I'm from Peterborough, Ontario. Oh, I thought for some reason you were from St. John's. Uh, ah, no, you moved there. <laughs> I didn't. I just assumed you were moving to be closer to home. Sorry, I missed. I missed. <laughs> I missed that part of the uh, trajectory. Um, and I don't mean to sidetrack us, it's, but why St. John's then? If if you don't have roots there, it's all very confusing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just love the music community. I had like a reason to move here because of someone I was seeing at the time. But I see that's long in the past, and I just I just loved it here, so I've okay. I've stayed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry for the sidetrack. Okay, so you were stuck in Ontario. No, that's okay. So, yeah, it's kind of a long story, but we were stuck in Ontario being like, how are we going to finish this record while we're in lockdown? Um, He was on his parents' farm near Waterloo. I was in my mom's house in Peterborough. Um, He basically like built a new studio and the the camper, the trail, the solar powered camper is Mm -hmm. part of that. So he had a new studio that he kind of put together. He had to like buy some parts and get like our friend in St. John's to like ship him some of his recording equipment. Um, luckily he had some of it with him from a project that he was doing in Italy right before lockdown, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this is like a, built a new all studio. around the world story. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Italy is, I was not expecting in Italy to be invoked. Okay. Got it. Yeah, Italy, got it. Italy's in there too. Yep. Uh, anyway, he built a new studio late. We got around to being able to like finish the last few tracks and then we were mixing and mixing through lockdown. And finally it was finished with the help of Jose Contreras of By Divine Right. He mastered it. Who was, he was also great to work with. So yeah, it didn't get put out until May 2021, but we recorded most of it in 2019. I see. Okay. And a lot of the songs had been lying around. So a lot of them were like five, six years old. Um, Some of them were new. Anyway, I had a lot of songs to work with because it was my first, this is my debut full length album. So I was like, I had like 20 songs to choose from. So that's why every song is a hit. (laughs) No, they are in fact a hit. You're not just being uh, incredibly egomaniacal. I think that... (laughs) I, I think they are. To clarify for myself and for listeners, uh, I think I know what you were getting at with the Sarah Harmer situation because I saw I actually one of the two, I want to say one of the two shows I've felt uh, compelled to go to at indoor venues in Edmonton 
One was Godspeed. One was Sarah reached out and said, are you coming to the show? And I said, oh, I don't know. Anyway, then I came out and you were there playing in her band. So when you say you were mm-hmm. out with on tour with Sarah, I don't think you mean you were opening. You were in Sarah's band, right? In her band, yeah. yes. I, I, like I keys I, yeah. and backup vocals. I yeah. knew this. I just, for everyone listening, I, I like to clarify and uh, bring everyone up to speed. That's what my job is sometimes. Yes. Anyway. That's yeah, no, people do confuse that sometimes. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mean to uh, be, uh, you know, micromanaging your answer. I just, uh, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> anyway, Good to clarify. So that's a fascinating trajectory. When I hear these songs, I was trying to pinpoint whether, like, to me, knowing your history, it feels like you had probably some ideas that were pent up for some time. Uh, I was trying to follow what you were saying there. If you were to kind of figure out when the first song the songs on here were first written and when you started this process can you talk about that in terms of like literally like how old the oldest song is and also what i want to get to is maybe your mindset because i hear a range of emotions um throughout this record as you're singing uh and some of it i will say uh is angry some of it is spiteful some of it is Mm. like when i think of stepping stone or some more empowering pieces like uh and I'm blanking on sorry forgive me I'm blanking on some of the names like I mean one of them I won't stop, I won't stop for one for example that's an obvious one but then there's also it will pass which is almost meditative and I could hear you talking to yourself as much as expressing something to to people like me who are like yeah don't forget uh, I always point to Mike O'Neill uh who you may know was in the Inbreds mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. had a song on one of his solo records called Don't Forget to Breathe and is there's something about his delivery and the repetition that I use as a calm down thing don't forget to breathe you invoke breathing and it will pa- like just take a breath it will pass sorry I'm all over the place but there's a range of emotions <laughs> here so I don't feel too badly about this can we talk about your psychology here? What is the time frame? What do you think you're getting at over in an overarching sense with these songs? Yeah, it did kind of end up almost feeling like a rock opera. Yes. Like, that's ex- like a journey yes. of going through like different phases of my life. Yes. Because it was a collection <laughs> of like seven years of songs or something. And it was funny because I was going through a really difficult separation of like a long term oh, relationship. So I'm very I mean, sorry to hear that. The songs were kind of spanning that relationship. And so I was strangely kind of finding new meanings in the songs and like rewriting rewriting some of them to kind of like reclaim certain parts but then some of them all don't have anything to do with that they're just you know old old songs like um she makes men was just like an old kind of funny little song what? about like a couple friends in guelph what is going on was, in that song i just need to know because <laughs> it gets in my head but the it's a weird thing to sing to yourself she makes men she makes men i mean i Women make a lot of men, but I don't think that's what you're getting at there. What what does that mean to you? Sorry to dial down on that specifically, but you brought it up Uh, and I'm curious. That was actually kind of like a a love triangle (laughs) where I had a crush on this guy. He had a crush on this other woman who was gay and she had a crush on me. Whoa. um, Yeah. And this... uh, 
this guy was like all the girls had a crush on him, but he only liked the you know the the lesbian. And <laughs> this was uh, in Guelph. <laughs> in Guelph. Okay. Yeah. When we finish this, I got I need names. I don't want to do this on the air or on the record. <laughs> I want some names on this one because I like a little Guelph uh, intrigue. Sorry. Continue. I'm joking, sort of. We'll and the, we'll yeah. stop tape and then you'll well, see how much I'm joking. But no, go ahead. <laughs> and then like I don't know. I always like to take like you take a, a little a situation and then you kind of blow it up to to be this like bigger, more dramatic world whole world that you imagine to like sound like a more epic story. And so I, I, it was sort of like, um, yeah, the idea that it sort of took falling in love with someone who didn't want him to kind of learn some, some lessons about like, I don't know, uh, respecting women and, um, not necessarily like getting everything that you want all the time. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. But in terms of, I appreciate that as a narrative observation. It sounds like it, you were involved in that narrative, but you also <laughs> were looking at it kind of objectively, um, quite objectively, actually, I think. Is that a fair way of putting it? Yeah. I mean, it's sort of, yeah blew up into a different thing that I was looking at from the outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, I'm almost not part of this. Like I'm part of yeah. this, but I'm also, yeah. So, yeah. okay. So there's that. Stepping Stone is a very angry song, but it's present, I think, but it's presented oh. as, well, yeah, you don't think so? Well, I, I wanted to make that one less angry, actually. Like that was another one that was like, sort of like just a little, you know, feel that, that feeling where you're like, geez, this person kind of seems like they forgot about me and I thought I meant more to them. But then I, I kind of like blew it up to, once again to be, to sound a bit more dramatic. Like it just sounds, it sounds more powerful in a song if you make it a bit more dramatic, you know? But then I sort of was feeling bad because I actually like, you know, I like this person and I, I didn't want it to sound like I was super harsh on them. So I kind of yeah. dialed, dialed back some of the lyrics actually to be like, you know, uh, what is it? You you were my fan and I'm still yours. Um, no, I gather that part of it. Yeah, there's di- there's diplomacy, but bitterness. That's what I pick up on. Yeah, yeah. And it also had been like so many. It had been a couple years. So I didn't really feel the bitterness so much anymore. But I, I think the bitterness was just like part of the, the song, like the, the vehicle of the song taking yeah. off. So it's yeah. not, I don't really want it to be, yeah, like super angry, but I hope that it's like open-ended enough for people to just attach their own meaning yeah. to it. Like we've all had that kind of feeling. So I uh, don't want to engage in too much uh, reduction, but I will say that there are times on the record where I, I can't help my biases to be like, pick out influences, pick out, um, you know, little markers of where an idea might have come from. By and large, this record is so eclectic that it's hard to pin down, which is a testament to you and your, as you said earlier, hit-making abilities. (laughs) However, when I hear songs like uh, Out the Window, I pick up on a little bit of Wilco. When I hear a song like I Won't Stop, I'm reminded of Liz Powell and Land of Talk. Um, yeah, for is, sure. Let's focus on Liz for a second because I've been, there's a few records that I've been processing lately and I almost wanted to tweet or something, but my tweets never go anywhere uh, <laughs> in terms of whatever. I'm like, I do my best, but I'm like, I feel like 
what I'm hearing in, in a lot of new music is an appreciation, acknowledged or not, of Liz and Land of Talk. Now that I've loaded this question up, are you a fan of hers? Is she an influence in any way? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was okay. Good. Yeah, big time. That was a relief because I really, if you had been like, I don't even know who that is, I'd be like, oh, this oh, yeah. went nowhere. So yeah. you're a fan. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, big time. Um, and also, like, that's probably why I, I play an SG because of Liz. We yeah. didn't even get to that. You, we talked about your piano. You've started playing guitar. Well, you've been playing guitar a long time now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I picked it up later than piano and like kind of just like strummed it around the house, uh, like just acoustically in a casual way. But then when I started my own band, that's when I got an electric and got more serious about trying to actually like play it, you know, good enough on on stage, not just like strumming around the house. So that was later that I sort of uh, honed in on, on, on my guitar skills. Okay, so would you agree with my premise that I Won't Stop in particular might owe a little bit to Liz or Landa Talk? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's right on the money. And I remember when I was writing the bridge for that song, I was like, oh, this feels very Land of Talk. Is it like too Land of Talk? I don't know. I I was definitely (laughs) feeling that vibe. Yeah. I think of it as a respectful homage. Uh, I, I don't mean to make this all about Liz, but briefly... Do you feel like she's unheralded? Do you also feel like from talking to your peers that she's more influential than maybe some of us realize? Because I think so. I love Liz. I've known Liz a long time. I love her music. I love her personality. And so I'm a fan uh, and a friend uh, on some level. We just from Guelph stuff, like one of the first people I encountered. um, Sorry, back to my question. Do you feel like she gets enough cred for the work she does? Ooh, enough cred. Yeah, what what's enough cred? I don't know. I <laughs> Do you, um, sorry, let me reframe that. I, I think I had it better worded better before. Do you think among your peers there's more respect for her beyond like there are household names, right? Like that we yeah. encounter and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that that someone makes a record and it pervades the culture." Um uh in a way where you start to hear um a song influence how commercial jingles sound and whatnot. What I'm getting at is on a on a much lower profile. I think Liz has had that impact. I think, but you're ear to the ground. You're playing shows. You're probably talking to musicians. I guess I wonder: Are people talking about Liz? Do people <laughs> in your world like say, "Oh my God, every Land of Talk record is a monumental event"? Like, is any of that happening, or am I out to lunch? It does seem like it's a smaller crew like it's a smaller um selection of people that that should be taught like than what should be talking about her but they're all so hardcore that's what i'm getting at so it's like less less people than it should be and they're all obsessed with her yeah thank you i was i shouldn't say obsessed with her obsessed with (laughs) this is what i'm getting that that encapsulates what i was sputtering on and trying to say because that's what i think it's not a it's not a it's a cult if you will but it's a rabid like they love her, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And when I hear a song like yours, I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's the love coming through of an artist respecting an artist and playing a song that clearly, I'm glad you acknowledge it. Like to me, I'm like, this owes a debt. It wasn't too much, by the way. I'm not trying to suggest you're, it's an, anything other than I think love. When you when you emulate an artist in any way, unless you're being an asshole and just trying to rip them off, 
it's mm. it's love and i think that's where yeah. i'm coming from yeah okay yeah. so uh in terms of the songs i know i'm asking you to speak generally it spans like you said seven years of your life in terms of experiences at the other end of it it's done it's out except there's now a deluxe edition with a new song a new not only a new song a lead track that in itself I find fascinating. It's not that you just re-release the record with a... You know, this happens all the time. And for those who don't understand, Waves came out, and now there's a deluxe edition, which is a relatively recent release. And tacked at the end are some live solo renditions of the songs. But there's also, Kelly, am I right, a song that wasn't on the original track list? Is that correct? Yeah, it was um, It was recorded, and I... I wanted it to be track one when we were recording actually so it's from the same batch of from the same sessions of recording the album um but it's a really long song and i my ultimate dream when i recorded my album was to press it on vinyl and i couldn't i could it didn't make sense for me to have two discs a double (laughs) double record yeah a double disc and so when it came down to we could only yeah i basically i had to cut two songs two shorter songs or one long song and so i cut new life coming even though i wanted it to be the opener but i also thought man why don't i just start with a bang instead of like new life coming kind of has this slow intro yeah and i did i hoped to be able to release it as like a b-side or a single or something somehow after and then when uh, LHM Records, the uh, Newfoundland label that I just signed with this spring, asked me if I wanted to sign with them, I was like, "Well, I like would would could could we maybe you know is there a way I can get waves on this label because they wanted to just sign me for my next album mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm not done like pushing this album." And I did it all by myself and it's been like a crazy amount of work that I'm not sure I can keep up with a lot of the time. So I was like, maybe with you guys helping me out, we could still do one last push of waves. And so anyway, that was our uh, that was our way of um, me joining the label and uh, and and giving another push for waves. And luckily, the timing was good with the ecma and the polaris stuff so it's like okay i was i was right this album deserved (laughs) to be pushed a bit bit more i love being right (laughs) i love being proven right i can tell in your voice you like it too (laughs) ha told you no (laughs) you should uh if i may offer one piece of advice uh that you can ignore completely and probably will you should like a rolling stone new life coming and release it as a seven inch over two sides that would be incredible that's what happened with like a Rolling oh. Stone. They put it out. It was too long for the radio, so they had to split it up over two sides when it first came out. All I'm getting at is single. You put out the... Then you got a deluxe record. If and when it wins the Polaris Music Prize, you're going to have all sorts of money. I'll tell you this. <laughs> repress the... Package it. It's like a new edition of Waves. New Life Coming is the single because we didn't want to do a double. Anyway, this is a dumb idea. I'm just saying that would be great. I would collect those things is what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, I wish you. Uh, I'll think about I it. I wish you so much luck with that thing, and I know it's it can be a distraction, but I hope it's actually the Polaris thing. I mean, I hope it's helping uh, you in some way. I imagine it has already on some level, um, in terms of recognition, exposure. Are you find in that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't really know what it all means, but I've certainly had a lot of interest for like interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, Just to be clear, um, you and I were meant to talk good. before the nomination. We started a chatter, 
And then it just never happened until now. I'm not some right. John, Johnny yeah. come lately here is all I'm saying. I <laughs> want, I was like, yeah, let's do it. But I, I was just trying to figure out my schedule. Anyway, no, I'm very happy that that's happening. The more people who know about it and know about you, I think the better. Uh, you alluded to the fact that this, oh, by the way, sorry, this uh, label, would we know who's behind it? Uh, anyone I might know? Uh, the, the uh, Ni- Nigel Jenkins? Do you know Nigel? I don't know if he, I do. He uh, worked in the like Halifax music scene oh, for a while, but okay. he's moved back to, he's from Cornerbrook, he's moved back okay, cool. to Newfoundland. Yeah. So, okay, he's the primary, are there other artists we would know on that label? Is it Burge, is it new? It's like a new-ish label. Um, yeah, I'm not sure that you would know some other artists. Hillsburn, um, Ruben Rake. Oh, I know uh, that name. I, you know what? I didn't mean to put you on the spot. You're not their uh, promotions person. I will look this up myself uh, okay. and try to figure it out because I've just I've not heard of the label, so I'm curious. Um, but I like that uh, whenever possible, people in Newfoundland get behind uh, each other to help. And I'm glad that that's worked out for you. You alluded to the fact that that label was interested in your next record. Have you begun work on that? I have. Um, I am really eager to finish working on, like, finish writing it. I have some demos um, that I'm happy with, but like, yeah, I need. I haven't had a chance to uh, finish finish the demos and finish writing them. So I think I'm just going to have to slow down on that front as much as I am eager to um yeah I definitely miss I find like you know it's great it's great to do interviews and get exposure um for this stuff but uh but like yeah I'm 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 writing a lot of emails these days and uh I would like to I'd like I'd like to be like playing more music (laughs) okay but uh Uh, hopefully like hopefully i'll get there soon i'm 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 at least like getting to tour this album right right now and that so that's that's playing music and and that's great it's just like things have been weird weirdly interrupted with the pandemic and you know stop and go and things postponed and like i'm finally touring um with a these songs with a a band uh over a year after the release like i haven't really played very many shows yet so all that is to say, I am very excited to work on my new album and I'm like about halfway through the sort of writing, demoing process, but I think I'm going to have to postpone my uh, recording dates actually because I got too much other stuff that's come up now. <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate that and I'm reading between the lines. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Kel- Kelly, <laughs> I'm sorry I emailed you. It was a mistake. I, <laughs> I didn't mean it. No, I, I didn't realize it was a problem for you, but uh, in the future, <laughs> I will communicate some other way. Uh, no, that's all sounds great. I'm making jokes, of course. I'm glad we were able to connect um, here. If people want to learn more about you, and by the way, so I have a, a digital music library uh, that I use, and uh, so I see the album artwork, and so I had waves in my digital music library. Then Beyonce puts out her record, Renaissance. Oh. And I'm scrolling through my artwork, like the albums, and that you guys have the ex- almost the exact same album cover. You're both on horseback. Though it's offset to the right. So when I'm scrolling, I'm like, whoa, what's going on? I showed it to my wife the other night. She said, that's really weird. Speaking of people who take their shirt off on stage, Beyonce. Has anyone pointed this out to you? 
Yes, I've actually had a couple people be like, uh, Beyonce copied you. She what did. Hell? You could make some social media hay of this, no horse pun intended, but that's weird. Yeah, maybe I should. I was going yeah, to, but then I, I like I say, everything I put on the Twitter bombs, and I'm like, no one's going to care about this, even though it's, to me, like a pithy, <laughs> kind of funny observation, and it would be a nice way to... Anyway, whatever. I, I just thought that was weird. Do you ride horses generally, or is that just a photo op? Uh, I did a bit of horse horseback riding when I was younger. It had it had been a while when I did that, and it was a little it was a little iffy. I was a little iffy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure Beyonce rides. I'm sure Beyonce rides horses every day, half naked on yeah. the horse. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. I just wanted to ask about that real quick. If people want to learn more about uh, you and waves, using their the things we use to learn about things, uh, where would you like to direct them? Uh, particularly on their uh, internet uh, services. Yeah, um, Instagram's probably the one that I stay the most uh, current and up-to-date with. Um, and I do have a website that's uh, kellymcmichael.com okay. also. Okay. And I'm on all the all the usual platforms for streaming and stuff. Yeah. And trying to get trying to get the vinyl right now the vinyl's just available uh on my band camp uh and just at a record a couple record stores in Halifax and St. John's but okay. we'll see okay. maybe I'll, I'll I'll be bringing it around uh on my tour that I'm doing next week to Ontario so I got uh Thursday Guelph Friday Hamilton Saturday Peterborough Folk Festival Sunday the Dakota sorry those weren't those weren't dates August 18th 19th 20th 21st. Uh, you, did you see me looking to the side to the calendar that <laughs> I have on the wall, actually? To be like, what are the actual... For those listening, the year is 2022, and Kelly's playing shows <laughs> beginning August 18th to... What did you say? The August 21st. There you go. And more information on your website. Yeah. In the year 2022, ahead of those dates. I always have to be mindful that someone could be listening to this anytime, right? So Yeah, true. Uh, anyway, true. so that's great. So you got some shows... And people can go to your website for more info about those things. Uh, and whatever they do, they shouldn't email you. That's what we've learned today, just to do a callback <laughs> to that little sharp joke I made. Now, if we can go out on a song from Waves, I wonder if you can pick one for us and tell us why you chose it. Ooh. Hmm. Well, interesting. Which one? Um... Okay, maybe I'll choose a different one from the huge. Um, oh. Or, okay, we, I think we should do either, do we want to do like an energetic one or like a soft one? Oh, I mean, this uh, is your call here, whatever you oh want to do. God, I mean, do uh, what, what, is, what do you feel sport. represents this record in a way that, uh, for those who haven't heard it all, uh, they're going to have heard a little taste of it in the bed track for the introduction that I haven't recorded yet. Just some mm-hmm. inside knowledge here. But, and that can be soft or quiet. I might go, I might go, sorry, that can be energetic or quiet or soft. I don't know what the hell I'm saying. That, I might go, <laughs> I might definitely go energetic with that just because I want the intro to be peppy. Mm-hmm. So th- mm-hmm. does that, does that help you uh, pick a, make a choice? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll switch it up then. Why don't we do, it will pass because we were talking about that one. Okay. And, and that one gets like, doesn't, it gets less uh, play than some of the other bouncier ones, but I think it's an important song so let's go with that i alluded to how it, it hit me in a certain way and i those of us need these kinds of messages if i may kelly so thank you for writing this song this is it will pass from the excellent and polaris music prize nominated album 
Waves by uh, Kelly McMichael. Kelly, this is very lovely to reconnect uh, after some time uh, not. I saw you on stage in Edmonton, but we didn't really get a chance to talk because the harm was ignoring my text to say, hey, do you want to just say hello? And no, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm teasing Sarah. She was busy. <laughs> that must have been, we can talk about this offline. I felt so proud and worried about Sarah and you guys, but you seem to make it through that tour okay. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy that that happened. Anyway, I didn't get to say hi then. It's nice to reconnect now. I thank you for this time and I wish you the best of luck with everything in the future. Thank you so much, Vish. Thanks for having me and nice to uh, reconnect with you as well. <laughs> Take a breath 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, very special thanks to Kelly McMichael for appearing on this, the 709th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can also like Creative Control on Facebook or follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative, or you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain this podcast. That is the most direct and primary source of revenue for all the work that goes into putting the show together. $6 or more a month grants you access to exclusive content and starting uh, now, early access to new episodes. I'm going to start posting uh, these episodes that I put out on all the other things on Patreon first. By how much, I don't know. If you Maybe you don't know this. You probably don't. Sometimes I'm working right up to the last minute, till like 11.30 at night. I do my day job, I raise my family, and then I get to the podcast and I'm up to like 11.30 at night with the aim of getting this podcast out into the world by around midnight, my time. And uh, if I work ahead, and I'm lucky I've worked ahead, but I don't often get a chance to work ahead because as, as you may have been able to ascertain from my tone, it gets a little harried, and I get a little hectic, and it gets busy. So sometimes I'm like, 11.30, I got it done, I can finally lie down for five, six, seven hours and shut my eyes, but then sometimes it's past 11.30, and I'm still working on the show. Anyway, I'll just say I will do my best to get you on the Patreon, $6 or more of the people who do that thing on the Patreon. You will get the show before anyone else, so thank you for those donations. For those of you who aren't familiar Patreon's a thing where you can donate whatever you want, and you can change whatever your amount was anytime you want. You can make it lower, you can make it higher, whatever pleases you. So, again, thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. And if you want a Creative Control t-shirt, also message me on Patreon, and I'll get you one while supplies last. See, there's some perks to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Control. Thanks again to the fine Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about at blackbird.ca. Also to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for the in-kind support for this show. Also thanks to Jim Guthrie. He lends me music for the program. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Kelly. I hope you learned stuff about Kelly. And I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast and follow the show 
and tell all your friends about doing the same things that you do in terms of engaging with this show in a positive and totally healthy manner. I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.